Tav Kuf Yud Omer Bet Cosmopolitan Life and Travel Mipnei Shehanave Yafe Bodek Often we have uh, existential questions, philosophic questions, and we, and we check how the Torah deals with it. One of the questions, one of the issues that has been very deeply researched since the beginning of COVID has been the effect, two, two things, the effect of city life as opposed to uh, quiet life out in the country and the effect of routine and the breaking of routine. Uh, and a lot of work's been done during 2019, 2020, 2021 on the effect of that, of, of those issues on mental health. And that's, we have a sugya that deals with that in the Gemara. When we deal with something like that in, in Gemara, one of the things we tend to look at is, is what is the nafkamina? We don't just look at a philosophic concept for, uh, for interest sake. We try to find what the halachic nafkamina is. What is the difference? Does it make any practical difference? Part of the reason we do that is because that way you can test it. If, if there's a practical difference between, let's say, city life and, and, and country life, it's not just a philosophic question, where is it nicer to live? Is there actually an inherent difference? And if, if so, does it manifest in any halakhic differences? Because then we can examine the halakhic sources and we can gain some insight. And in this case, there is halakhic significance. So today we'll start with a piece of Shulchan Aruch from Evan Ha'ezer and we'll go back and look at the relevant Gemaras. The issue here is a man and woman who get married don't come from the same countries. Who has to follow who? So in Evanoez, in Simon Ayanhe, that's dealt with in the Shulchanoch. If a person causes his, his fiance, his wife, to have to move from one province to another or one village to another in the same country, he can't ask her to move from a nice city to an unpleasant city. The law may rally affair, nor can he force her to go to a good place. He can't say, well, you're, you're in this little village and I want to take you to Paris. And she said, I don't want to live in Paris. Uh, he can't force her to change residence even to a nicer place than she's at at the moment. Similarly, she can't move from a place where most people are Jewish people to a place where most people are not. But you can always move, move her from a place where most people are not Jewish to a place where most people are Jewish. What's interesting, in, in this research that, that's been done over the last few years, the, the result shows that there's a 40% higher risk of mental illness for those who live in cities compared to those who don't. That's an, an, an incredible statistic that they found. Some illness is 20%, uh, but depression, for example, there's a 40% higher chance of people suffering from, from depression in cities. There are some mental illnesses uh, and, and loneliness and things like that where it's higher in the country. So it's quite interesting. If you look at it carefully, there's some things which, which the risk is higher in the city and some the risk is higher in, in the country. What it seems to be is that in the country, generally, there's no community either. Uh, and, and the mental illness relating to country life is related more to community life than to where you're living. So it seems to me that if you lived in the country but there was community, that would be the best of all. 
In a small place, you live in a small place, but there's community, there's closeness, there are people that are, are living together, and that's Israel. To move, to have to move from a place where there's no community to a place of community, that's always good. That's always a good thing to do. Um, but if it's if it's not about the communities are the same, then the question then seems you can't force it to move at all. And the Shulchan Aruch goes on. There's a Ramor, certain circumstances that you can, if you've made a condition, if she understands that that's the condition of the marriage. The Aloha goes into it in great detail. We're not learning the halachot of it now as much as this concept that even to move to a better place, you can't force her to do. Uh, and we see some of that in in Sefer Nechemia when when the uh, the Jewish people come back to Israel from Bavel in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. The Tanakh says, mm-hmm. And the princes of the people settled in Yerushalayim. They threw a lottery uh, for one out of ten to live in Yerushalayim and everybody else to go into the country. And they blessed the people, especially the volunteers who went to Yerushalayim. Um, so it says the Those who didn't wait for the Goral. So the Goral, you, if you... If you the lottery said you've got to go to Yerushalayim, then you have to go to Yerushalayim. But there were some people who didn't win or lose the lottery, and and they still they volunteered to go to Yerushalayim, and they got a special bracha. Says the Metsudas, because living in a city is hard. Who wants to live in a city? Because it was much more expensive. If there are a lot of people in a small space, prices are very high. And that's, that's considered an act of tzedakah to agree to pay high, a higher cost of living to protect Yerushalayim. But what we see from there, as you'll see in the Gemara, it was considered uh, an act of, of uh, volunteering to go to Yerushalayim. Says our Mishnah, Dav Kuf Yud, bottom of Abu Dalaf, There's a whole discussion about Eretz Yisrael is divided into three different areas. You can't force the woman that you're marrying to move from one area to another. But you can't go from a city to a big, big city or from a, uh, from a big city to a small city. Says the Mishnah. You can compel a woman to go from a, a bad place, an unpleasant place to live, to a beautiful place to live. But you, you can't move her down in terms of environment. If you're moving her to a better environment, she's got to go. If it's a worse environment, she can refuse and say, that's not where I want to live. Rabban Shimon Gamliel is the one who says, you can't even move from a bad place to a good place. You can't force her to move from a bad place to a good place. A strange um, phrase that Rabban Shimon Gamliel uses because a beautiful place is trying for a woman. It's probably the best translation of the word bodek. It's trying for a woman. I understand that you can't um, force her to move from a big city to a small town because everything's available in a big city. There's choice and she likes to live there. She's a cosmopolitan woman and she enjoys living there. 
But why can't you f- compel her to go from a little town to a big town? That's a, that's a, a step up in life. This Mishnah then proves the, the view of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Chanina. Where do we get it from that living in a town is difficult? Um, and the Gemara brings the Posuk from Nehemia. So we see there that living, it's not just Yerushalayim, any big city is difficult. Rashi learns different from the Mitzudas. Rashi, our Rashi says, It becomes a, 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 an apartment wilderness full of these big apartment blocks. The houses are right next to each other. There's no air. There's no space. There are no parks. There's nowhere to walk. But in a smaller city, there are gardens, and there are orchards, like Ranana once used to be, very close to the, to the houses, so you can go for a walk in these areas. It's a nice place to live. There's some air. You can breathe. You can live. Um, so we see a halachic difference. It's not, again, not just a, an academic discussion. Is it better to live in a city or, a, or a, um, a small town? There's actually halachic relevance to the din that, that, that it's better to live in a small place. What is the, the halachic relevance? Can you compel a woman that you're marrying to move from a big place to a small place or a small place to a big place? Says the Vilna going back on the Shulchan Aruch, Kerabin Shimon Gamliel, so the Shulchan Aruch paskins like Rabbi Shimon ben Yan, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, that a, a yeshivat krachim is kashe. That's the uh, sorry, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Let us go further in the in the Gemara. My bodek. What does it mean, bodek? Kiddushmuel, the Omar Shmuel, shinui veset chilat choli me'ayim. A change in routine triggers digestive illness. That says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. It's not good for digestion. A change in routine. Um, and and that's why the move, it doesn't matter whether it's a move to a better place or a worse place. The move in itself is, is destructive. The move in itself is negative because it causes a change in routine. And the Vilna Gon says that, that the Shulchan Aruch Paskans Lakram Shim and Gamliel, which the Rambam does as well, and not like the Rif. The Rif doesn't, in the, in the Gemara, the Rif doesn't mention the din of Shmuel explaining Raman Shimon Gamliel, this idea of Shinu Veset, Chilat Chodimayim, the Rif doesn't mention. The Rambam does mention it. He mentions it also in Hilchot Deot, when he's talking about, about medicine, about health. And he gives his whole routine of the things you should do and you shouldn't do. And he says, and that's all if you're healthy. If you're healthy, then you should follow my routine and you won't get ill, says the Rambam. But if you have a problem already, if you're not healthy, then follow the doctors, don't follow my routine. This is just for healthy people. And at the end of the parik, he adds that shinui veset chilat choli me'ayim, one of the worst things to do is to change your routine. So that's, that's, that you shouldn't do. And the Vilna Gon says that although the, the Rif doesn't mention Rabban Shimon Gamaliel, the Rambam does. If we just look on the next, over the page, we see the Rambam. The Rambam learns it differently, though. The Rambam has a very fascinating understanding of, of the deen of Rabbi You can't move her from a nice place to a worse place, nor, nor from a bad place to a good place. Because if she moves, to, she's a country girl. Now you're taking her to the city. She's got to start putting on makeup and making sure her hair is right and she must dress fashionably. That's not the kind of person she is. 
She's used to just being a, a, a country girl, and that's the life she likes, and this is hard for her. It's not something that is comfortable for her. So that she doesn't become ugly in his eyes. Why? What difference does it make whether she's pretty or ugly? That's an amazing Kiddush in the Rambam. Whether she's pretty or ugly in his eyes, why doesn't she just say, I don't care what everybody else is wearing. I'm going to dress like I've dressed all my life in the country. The problem is he sees the other women all the time. She's got to keep up with what he sees as the norm. That's why it becomes very, 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 very important. It's important in our days where men and women do mix in the workplace. I'm not going into the question of whether that's a healthy thing or it isn't. But the fact is, the, uh, Rabbi Bernard was a rov in, in South Africa, as many of you know, and he used to give wonderful series on, uh, on marriage, on premarital talks. And one of the things he used to say is a man leaves his wife in the morning and she's in her gown and her pajamas and she hasn't got makeup. He goes and she's all, she's busy getting with the kids, she's in a bad mood, everything's in a rush. He goes off to work and his secretary is dressed gorgeously, made up beautifully, there with a cup of coffee for him. What do you need? What can I get you? Uh, you're looking a little miserable today. Is everything okay? And she takes care of him and that's his environment. And then he comes back home and she's had a busy day with the kids and schlepping them and backwards and forwards and one of the children has been sick and she's back in her pajamas and her nightgown and, she can, and he comes back and there he sees his wife. It's just not healthy. It's just not a good situation. So either you know, men shouldn't work with women in the offices or the woman has to, has to be careful. He's got, to, she's got to make sure that he doesn't find her unattractive. And the, her attractiveness is not an objective thing. It depends what his norm is. What is he seeing around him? So you can't force a country girl to move to the city where she's going to have to dress and be in a way that she's not accustomed to being. Because if she doesn't do that, she's not keeping up with the, with the environment. It's not healthy for their relationship. Isn't that a brilliant insight of the, of the Rambam? Yeah. Uh, says the Magid Mishnah, but that's not really what the Gemara says, and that's what the Rabbi Shimon Gemara says. So he says, according to the Rambam, the Rambam holds that this thing of Shmuel is just one example of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's din. The Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel's din is that you don't move even to a better place. One of the reasons is because of Shmuel's din, but there are all sorts of other reasons as well. And the Rambam gives a reason that he feels is relevant in his time, but there are other ways of understanding it. The Ritvo also brings the Rashi and the Rambam. Rashi just says it's not clear what Rashi means, but it seems from Rashi that it's just that, that movement, change, is just not good if it's not necessary. And he brings the Rambam, questions where the Rambam gets it from, the Shita Mukubetsa tries to resolve the two of them. But what we do see from here is these two elements, the, a more quiet life, closer to nature, at a slower pace, with some space to breathe, uh, with some space to breathe, is incredibly important for human well-being. And routine, routine is incredibly important for well for well-being. Um, <clears throat> and there's so much work, particularly the last few years, so much work being done on the value of routine and the damage of of breaking routine. And if you think of the Gedolei Yisrael, almost every one of them that you can think of in. In our time, I remember when I went to visit Lithuania, one of the things that struck me was, my goodness, if one lived in these little villages, you couldn't help but become a Gadol Israel. You couldn't help but become a Tzamit Chacham. They're beautiful, they're quiet, there's nothing to do. It takes you hours to get anywhere. You stay in one place and you're focused. 
You want to see the Chovetz Chaim? You come to Raiden. Uh, each, each one had their own, and even in modern times, Rav Moshe Feinstein sits in a little apartment in the Lower East Side. The, um, that's, that's where he is. In the summertime, he goes to his daughter in, uh, in upstate New York for a, for a few weeks. The rest of the time, it's in his little apartment. You want to see Rav Moshe Feinstein? You go. That's where you go. The Lubavitcher Rebbe doesn't move out of Brooklyn. Rabbi and Kotlis, it's in Lakewood. They, they had, there was a settledness. They were in one place. They stayed in one place. So today, we, even if you're in one place, you've got problems with the internet attacking you. And, and, and we move around a lot. And then we wonder why we haven't got memory and why we can't concentrate and why we have ADHD. And we see from the Gemara, it's just not a good thing. It's, not, it's just not healthy. My first job was as the, the rabbi of a little town in South Africa called Stellenbosch. It was a university town, but it also was the um, headquarters of a company called the Rembrandt Organization, which later on came to own all the luxury brands, Louis Vuitton, all these things are owned by the Rembrandt Organization. And the CEO of, of, and founder of the Rembrandt organization was a man by the name of Anton Rupert. And I asked him once, why would you run a global corporation from Stellenbosch? There isn't an airport here, there are people. Why would you do it from Stellenbosch? And he said, because I know if anybody comes to see me in Stellenbosch, they really want to see me. Nobody drops in. Uh, that sense of being in a beautiful, quiet place and undisturbed, even a corporate leader understood the value of it. So it's something we need to think about. It's not something every one of us can change or we need to change, but just to understand the value of menuchas nefesh, the value of being settled, the value of having space, the value of having some time, the value of not being disrupted and distracted, the value of routine, not, not changing. Uh, you, will, you will find, if those, those of you who are regular with the, the matrimonium shear, for example, when you're in the routine, it's easier. You know what you're doing. You get up, you go, 20 to, six, 20 to 7 years at the shear, that's what you do. When you don't have a routine, every morning it's a question, should I, shouldn't I? And the, co the, the cost of decision-making is very high on the psyche. And that's why some of the proponents of routine propose it, apart from anything else, just to remove the need for decision-making. No decision, you know, you go, you die, then you dive, and then you have breakfast, then you do this. If you have the beginning of your day at least mapped out, it makes it much less stressful, and one is able to do a lot more and to have much more positive energy.